Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. I was hooked and I was trying to convert it. But don't you think the shop's quite... The people in there are a bit sort of... A bit cultish. (laughs) Like going into some weird cult. They're all a bit evangelical. My my mate calls the the apple shop the apple chapel. It is, Because it looks like a church. And 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 full of people worshipping graven images and idolatrous characters. It's got that kind of heavenly light emitting from everything as well. Do you know what? When I go into work, I pass there about quarter to eleven, ten to eleven, maybe a bit. There are still people in there. Yeah. Working. I mean, the shop staff. But it's as though they don't want to go home. I think they all live in tanks. Back. They all live in pods. <laughs> the little couple, yeah, yeah, they bring them out. Kind of thing. When they release a new set of staff, they all just disappear. I used to think that about Blacklers in Liverpool. <laughs> all the staff were in little cupboards in the back and they'd just wheel them out every morning. Well, Blacklers was very TARDIS-like, wasn't it? Yeah, it just went it? on and on forever and mm. it seemed to be the infinite shop. This was a shop in Liverpool and it was in the most fantastic deco building, yeah. wasn't it? This gorgeous staircase and a beautiful mm. cafe and everything. And in the basement, anything you ever wanted for the kitchen was in that really old-fashioned, sort of, you know, those um, big brown basins to mix in and everything. Yeah. But the first thing you always saw when you walked in the shop was a sign that would go, Cotton Gusset Knickers. <laughs> <laughs> Cotton Line Knickers. This is what made the empire great, of course. <laughs> and I had to wear the spoons, it's sad. God. Oh. Well, um, welcome to the Word Podcast. <laughs> uh, on, on that bombshell, um, we are delighted to have with us on the Word Podcast the great Janice Long from the radio. Yeah. Oh, thank you for The famous Janice Long of BBC Radio 2, 6, 1. You've done, you've done two, you've only got to do three and four. Well, you've done, done four. four. So you only need four. three and you've got three. the set. I don't think there's any chance for that. <laughs> Oh, you, know, you never know. So, so it's marvellous to have Janice Long here with us. And also, we have, uh, we're honoured with the presence of the great Jude Rogers. Hello. Who is here, and she's wearing a lovely vintage Orbital T-shirt. Which it's, you... it's not vintage, is it, really? It's, it's, it's conf- I got this at the time, I will talk it, about in it. In rock terms. In rock terms, I suppose. Uh, which, which we'll get on to later. <laughs> um, my name's Andrew Harrison. Um, we're Mark Allen and Dave Petworth are, what's the word, indisposed yes. <laughs> at the moment. They are, they're uh, in a box in the back of this shop in Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, yeah they're, they're in a pod in Blacklers, um, <laughs> wait, waiting for the uh, for, for the new release. So, so it's a, a slightly unorthodox word podcast, but we, we, we hope you enjoy it. Um, 
Janice, mm-hmm. um, you're on Radio Two mm. in the uh, in, in the in the real music slot. Yeah, in this, night till two. This is, <laughs> and you were just telling us that uh, you might be moving back to London shortly. Well, what they did, they, they shut Birmingham down, where I did my show yes. from. So um, I've been down here for three years, but sort of dossing at a friends. Yes, actually, that, that's unfair. I mean, they look after me; it's great, my friends for years. <laughs> but I'm there, and um, please help a DJ. <laughs> yeah, please, and. Uh, so I've decided that actually I should be a bit grown up now and, and look for a place of mine because they're moving, they're artists yes. and they're going to some arty part of London and mm-hmm. um, so I thought, yeah. All of London, darty darling. That's <laughs> why we live here. <laughs> we go east. Yeah. Um, east one. And uh, so I've been wandering around. I could actually, if, you know, the proverbial hits the fan, mm. I could become a tour guide because I know <laughs> I walk around with a blolly with people around me and going, that's Poet's Corner mm. and uh, here is London Fields. And so I've been everywhere exploring, and now I've whittled it down to North. North, <laughs> yes. Well, it is Grimont North, but we do like it here. So North London, because that's easy for Euston. Yes. And it's also for gigs. Yes. Lots of venues. This is true. Lots of nice bars and stuff. So that's yes. And we'll have everybody from South London tweeting it. I know. That's where I am at the moment, and I love it. I really love it. But for convenience, I would be best being North. I love Clapham. Really yeah. fall in love with the characters and stuff around there. But the major tweet will be from everybody saying, it's not all about London, you know, we live no, elsewhere. Elsewhere yeah. in the country. Well, I can talk oh, about Birmingham, or I can accents. talk about Liverpool. I was in <laughs> yeah. Liverpool last weekend, and I live in Birmingham, so I feel as though I'm multi... Now, talking of Liverpool... Mm. Um, I have to say, um, I have to relate to the readers why I have a continuing soft spot for you, Janice, because you used to do the, sun- Shall I leave? the Sunday night show on <laughs> Radio Merseyside. Life. Yes, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. And this was my, my Sunday night ritual as I was sort of, you know, doing my homework and things like that. Yeah. And I remember when you got picked up by Radio 1, mm. and these were in the days when it was like being transferred from a football team. You literally had to it pack was. your bags and go the next go. day. I did. And I remember the last show that you did, and you were in tears for the last 15 minutes leaving the show, and it was very moving, and, I, and I, it made me think, this is somebody who's actually in it for the proper reasons here. It's not just because, you know, they want to do the Radio 1 road show and open supermarkets <laughs> and stuff. Actually, I didn't even listen to Radio 1. Mm. And when I got a phone call from the bloke offering me the job, I thought it was a mate, you know, messing around. <laughs> and I honestly hadn't, didn't listen. Because um, I worked at Radio Mersey, so yeah. that was the radio I listened to. When, when we were kids, it was only we could only listen to the radio if mum and dad could afford the batteries. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the truth. And it's cheaper to listen to local radio because it's not it was, common as far. Local, that's <laughs> yeah. when local radio, and I, I get really cross because you hear in the papers that, you know, the possibility of local radio yes. uh, going. And for heaven's sake, don't, because that's where talent comes through. And I don't just yeah. mean people who broadcast, but people who write. You know, people like Ramsey Campbell and Brian Jakes yeah. and uh, lots of the big Liverpool uh, novelists have, came through a programme called First Heard, mm. having short stories read out on the radio. Yeah. And the same with music and, yeah. you know, various other things. So, you know, it would be, I think it would be hell. If and actually, Radio Merseyside has been a bit of a, a centre of um, revolution on this, haven't they? Because yeah. they've been the ones who've been saying, hands yeah. off, our local content is much more important yeah. than you think. Please don't just make us well, run. listen, my mum and dad, my mum's 70, this year, my dad's 77, he's a bit of a toy boy, and um, they're prepared to go out on a demo over, <laughs> over oh. the, the closure of Radio Merseyside. They will take to the streets. Well, there's that much... <laughs> people who are in charge of, you know, the big media always think that, you know, everyone, every generation is on the internet now, and that's all that matters, but, mm. uh, you know, people yeah. of my, you know, my, my parents, shall I say, oh, my mum is my mum, 60 this year, hey. And, um, She's a chicken. You know, she <laughs> vaguely knows what the internet is, 
Mm. Um, but, mm. you know, she relies on local radio. Mm. And um, outside the, you know, big bustling metropolis, people... Yeah. You know, or actually within the big bustling metropolis of London, people rely on kind of BBC London, which is fantastic. Yeah. But, but I think planners seem to forget. You know, that's my a completely yeah. ill-informed um, <laughs> opinion. But my mum calls the internet the Wonder Web. Does the she, Wonder you Web. know, like that stuff that keeps your <laughs> trousers. trousers off. Yeah. <laughs> have we got the Wonder Web on our computer? Well, my my mum and dad, have, I've said to them, I'll buy you a computer. And the reason they don't want one is because they reckon they'll get sucked in and they've got too much to do in their social life. So they don't want to be stuck to it. They're, you know, right. they're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is it. yeah it's, 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 no, we've got things to do. It's, it yeah, as we all sit here on a podcast, <laughs> telling people to use their computers left. Let's go back to old media. Let's go back to good old-fashioned handmade television, Top of the Pops, Ooh. which is BBC Four have gone Top of the Pops um, mad lately. They had a big Top of the Pops night. She had a fantastic time uh, with the readers on Twitter. And they're repeating Top of the Pops uh, from 1976 on a weekly basis. 7.30 on a Thursday, as as the Lord intended. Yeah. That's when Top of the Pops will <laughs> be tomorrow's on. tomorrow's well done afterwards. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't doubt it. They've got, to, they've got to fill up BBC Four with something. And, and all those things develop so much more interest over the years anyway, don't they? Mm. Have, have we been watching Top of the Pops on, on, on BBC yeah, Four? Yeah, I, well, I, I, say I, I say yeah, I watched it last night for the first time. I've been a bit mm. intrigued, but um, given that I wasn't around at the time, mm-hmm. um, it kind of is more of a curiosity, his- not, not historical curiosity, because it's obviously not from the arc or anything like that, but um, it struck me as just very, very peculiar, because I, my kind of Top of the Pops time is late 80s. Um, yeah. 1988 is probably the year that I got completely obsessed with Top of the Pops, so this is when um, house music is taking over the charts yeah. and... Um, Bros are everywhere. Who I was, I was particularly keen on. And I was then, <laughs> um, so which and that's such a different world. You know, it's yeah. twelve years. And what struck me about this show in general was um, that the show that was on last night, um, which had Brotherhood Man at number one. I was just, I, I, I think I've seen pictures of Brotherhood Man in the past, but I was just amazed by lots of moustaches, the, the moustaches and the teeth. Yes, and, uh, and how end of a pair it was. It just reminded me of being in working men's clubs, uh, rugby clubs back home. Yeah. Um, and as amazing as that kind of thing could be number one. Um, sheer Elegance, who I'd never heard of before, best band name ever. Yeah. Um, and those incredible like outfits. Tights, it does, yeah. They're quite out of tune as well. Yeah. They were quite, as you play, they had quite astonishing outfits, the biggest colours I've ever seen, and a kind of combination lime, uh, lemon yellow jumpsuit flare combo. It's just amazing, really, and, mm. and I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of them before. No, I hadn't. And you just wonder and how much the stuff had fallen down the back of the couch of pot. Yeah, you know? what was really weird in general, you know, the few things that kind of struck me as odd, kind of, um, Paul Nicholas's song about reggae, which I'd never... Reggae, is, reggae as it was meant to be, or something yeah. like that. Reggae like it was meant to be. Okay. And I was thinking, that's really odd, because I was thinking, you know, from pop history, you know, from my... The way I've been taught about pop history through pop magazines and mm. you know pop history programs is that you know reggae didn't really cross over to a kind of white audience till the police. And here mm. you have a man in 1976, thankfully not singing in Sting's kind of you know full yeah. cod Jamaican <laughs> accent. Yeah, singing kind of making this sort of ironic sort of. Well, reggae was only about six months old at that about, time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was really really peculiar, and he was dressed like yeah. a clown. It was very odd. By the way, I must apologise to the word Twitter followers for my misidentifying Paul <laughs> Nicholas as Paul Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Managed to do that, but that's what happens when you when you try to watch the telly. Is he the one that did Grandma's party tonight and dancing with the captain or something? Very the much, actor. Yeah, very much yeah. like Mika. 
Uh, you look like me. The whole performance is a yeah. bit like me. Now I, I confused him with Paul Daniels. I've no idea. So my, my apologies. <laughs> Paul Nicholas from Just Good Friends. Exactly, that's what I think yes. of him. But um, the Beatles um, in the top forty. That's what struck me as particularly odd yeah. because three tracks, I think. Three yeah. tracks in the top forty. Three more from okay, that. this is nineteen seventy-six. Yeah. This is the year that everything was changed, and also the, uh, the time before reissues were supposed yeah. to happen. You know, from from my knowledge of pop through reading about pop, obviously. Yeah. And I didn't know about this period where suddenly there were all these Beatles reissues. Yeah. It seems like. How were re- reissues even happening back then? You know, only six Seven years after singles. the six years after yeah. Beatles broke up. Right, you see, I wasn't I wasn't around in '76. I was mm. living in Amsterdam oh. in a tent and working in a wimpy bar in Damrat. <laughs> well, you can't just drop that in one sentence. Let's have a little bit more detail on that, please. Janice Long, the last years. Come on. Um, yes. Well, um, I was going to hitch to Greece with a friend. <laughs> And ran out of money in Amsterdam. Mm. And we had enough money to get the magic bus. Oh, right. That's a euphemism, no. It was actually called the magic bus. Called the magic bus. And, or, you know, just take a chance. And I got a job in the Wimpy Bar yeah. in Damrak. And um, with a, there was a guy, funnily enough, it, you know that thing when you, when you go to a foreign place and then you meet somebody who lives around the corner that you've yes. never met before? Um, but, uh, yeah, so I worked there and lived in, uh, on the other side of the uh, river through the Edge Tunnel in this, um, on this campsite called Vliegenbos where they had three fields. Yeah. One was for short-term holidaymakers, weekend people. Then the next people who stayed a bit longer and then the others who stayed on and got jobs as chambermaids or waitresses. Yeah. We always to borrow each other's clothes because nobody could afford, you know, uniforms. <laughs> um, so my 76 yeah. was forever hearing Don't Go Breaking My Heart mm. by Elton John and Kiki D blasting out everywhere or She Can't Go If You Leave Me Now. That was in the yeah. mainstream but obviously I went off to various clubs and stuff. Did you go to the milk bag? Yeah, and the wow. Oxford and uh, the Paradisio. And so, yes, that was a good year. So I didn't... It's interesting for me, because I have to watch these Top of the Pops, because I won't have seen yeah. any of them. In fact, my mum was telling me how good she thought it was, because it was bringing back all this stuff for her, mm. you know, that she obviously carried on watching it when I'd left Yes. Oh, <laughs> mm. God. What struck me more than anything was how uh, weirdly static it was. Mm. You know, even the acts are very kind of wooden and still. And my memory of it as a kid was that it was the most thrilling and exciting thing mm. in the entire week. And you would look forward to it mm. and talk about it all the next day. And you look at it again now and you realise kind of, you know, not how easy pleased we were, but but how kind of undemonstrative pop music was in those days. Yeah. Mm. The clothes were more insane. <laughs> uh, but the people themselves were actually very, as you say, Jude, very end of the pier and very kind yeah. of straight laced. I was sitting on it last night, Linda Lewis. Yeah. And oh, she, yeah. The way she was just standing and just moving her arms a little bit. It was nan dancing, wasn't it? It was, it was very much nan dancing. It really was. It's a good, 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 yeah. very good word, isn't it? Now we have a tweet here um, from reader Ray Earl uh, on the subject of the pop saying one of his, his uh, hair. Sorry, looking at the picture, hair. Mm-hmm. Favorite says, Janice Long and John Peel out of breath after going mental to the Irish Rover on top of the pops. Oh <laughs> so yeah. There you go. Tell us about that one. I remember that, and because I remember it was um, it was uh, uh, Pogues. Yeah. And. Um, in fact, it was when I just started that that top of the pops. I was thinking about my other half, Paul, because I'd just started going out with him, and he was watching me. So I was really self conscious. <laughs> he was sat in Wales watching me um, on top of the pops. But the, the, that was a uh, the, um, who did they do the Irish Rover with? It the was Dublin. the Dubliners. Yes. And I remember saying to uh, one of the Dubliners, "I love that sound," and he said to me, "Ah, it's the timber." What's he talking <laughs> about? The timber, the tomb. Yeah. <laughs> And I can remember what I had on. I had on a boy black tracksuit that was yeah. slightly off the shoulder <laughs> with a baseball cap um, 
Yeah, that's what I had on. Fantastic. Isn't it funny how things come back to you? Yeah, and it was really nice, actually, on the Top of the Pops, the Friday night special, to see that bit of um, Rod Stewart with Peely on the mandolin. Oh, the mandolin. The classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mandolin wind. I was great doing it with Peely. Yeah. We used to have such a laugh. Now, you were part of the influx of the, the you know, the, the hip new DJs who were there <laughs> to sort of, like, take, a, you know, to sort of, you know... Not necessarily make mock of top of the box, but certainly to to have a bit of a laugh with it, yeah. and make it a bit less kind of DLT, Noel Edmonds, straight down the line, yeah. non-ironic. What was it like working on it? Tell us, you know, what we used to do. Didn't get paid much money. Gary oh. Davis was saying uh, apparently this week that he got two hundred quid. Well, he got one hundred and twenty-five pounds more than I did because <laughs> I got seventy-five. <laughs> um, and I did a lot of live ones. Yeah. So obviously they'd be a Thursday, but the, generally it was done on a Wednesday. And yeah. the, the charts used to come out on a Tuesday. They pick which artist they wanted to have on and then um, usually on a Tuesday I'd run around and go and buy an outfit which was generally more than you think yeah. then you'd go in on the Wednesday about lunchtime you'd do a couple of rehearsals and then you'd do it and they would bring in the, well, they had all of these people who were um, dancers mm. to get the party going then a lot of them are now you see them in the bar in EastEnders they're extras uh, <laughs> if only they were doing EastEnders what they did on top of the box <laughs> no. up, and then live in the show imagine just having a quiet pint now but they'd be like woo getting everybody going beforehand yeah. and you know um, playing music and getting everybody hyper hyper and then it would be the start you know do 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 and you'd be standing there ready to do your bit. Yeah. And the funny, oh, you used to have to pre-record the chart rundown in yes. the afternoon. So um, if there were two of you, um, you'd alternate. So I'd be going, and at number 40, it's sheer elegance with a new pair of tights, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and, and then, you know, Peter coming in, oh, you know. And they'd always say to us, could you be a bit more lively? Good God, it was they were on speed, we were that live, yeah. we couldn't, you know, but you had to go even more hyper. I love the idea of making Peel be more lively, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> taking the alternate direction funny. on that one, yeah. And, but he, he was very good, actually, because sometimes we, we'd have ideas, Dick Had in Love was the famous one that Peely yeah. said, um, here's um, Robert Palmer, Dick Had in Love. But actually, <laughs> I'd, I'd come up with the idea, and he said, but don't you say it, he said, because you'll get into trouble, so I'll say it. <laughs> 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 what struck me as really weird is that um, for about the 1976 Top the Pops, the rundown was right at the beginning. And there was yeah, no, that, yeah, no, that was, was it. Yeah, it was right down the beginning. Nobody, no voiceover, just straight. It's a bit like straight. starting Miss Marble by saying the gardener killed him. Yes, exactly. Now let's watch the programme. Why's the suspense? Yeah. You know, it would be like in, in chunks yeah. of ten when I was watching it. That's right. And then mm-hmm. it builds it up the anticipation. Up. Yeah, and, and this week, uh, number Glenn one. Glenn Medeiros was, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the midweek announcement to the chart that was one of the nails in the coffin, wasn't it? Because you used mm. to not know. Mm. Till the sun... Well, it was sun... Yeah, Sunday they announced the, char- they announced the chart on the Sunday. Uh, and then it was all the scramble on Monday for people to get the sort of... Uh, you know, to get the acts together and find out, you know, who's allowed. And, and yes, because well, some people, if they'd been naughty, weren't allowed back. Um, and then you'd... Or didn't they have to do separate recordings sometimes? If Well, I know that they had to uh, re-record the music for union reasons, That's right. didn't they? Because yeah. you had to get, you had to get the, the BBC orchestra in and you to couldn't relax have and things. so <laughs> fake backing singers. Because I remember the story of the blues... Yeah. Uh, which and, and that's what I used to love about the charts then, because something would go in at, like, 79, and then you'd see it creep up, wouldn't you? Yeah. And Wiley was creeping up with Story of the Blues, and it went to number... Did it go to number two? Anyway, there was a problem, because the backing singers he was going to use on the telly mm. weren't the backing singers that were on the record. I think it was Kate Robbins who was actually on the record. Right. And so he wasn't allowed to do it, which meant he didn't make it to number one, but he would have done. 
had he been on top of the pops. Oh. Wiley robbed. And also, <laughs> the House Martins, yes. for the Christmas top of the pops, oh. the Caravan of Love, yeah. they wanted their mothers to do, ooh. Yeah. And the MU wouldn't let them, said no, oh. there were people on the record. Oh. Oh. Killjoy. Yeah. So Misery. The spirit of Christmas. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, the, the, this was in the end. The music musicians' union had lots of strange wheezes, like banning synthesizers, banning synthesizers uh, completely yeah. forever. There were no synthesizers would be allowed. These uh, things that never really stuck. You know what seems really weird about um, this top of the pops to me? It doesn't seem like nostalgia telly for somebody, for somebody mm. like me because you know I think of nostalgia telly as um, packages of um, you know the I Love programs or um, yeah. the Britannia programs, which are telling a story about a certain kind of music. Whereas this is kind of absolutely demystifying it because this is what actually happened Happen, that week. Yeah. Here's how random it is and how unglamorous mm, it is. Yeah. And there's no narrative at all. It's just presented as itself. Mm. I think that's really yeah. interesting. So who was presenting it last night? Noel Edmonds. It was oh. Noel Edmonds in a very alarming uh, brown suit, three-piece. Oh, terrifying. And the same hair. You know, the yeah. hair, is, he's probably kept in a cupboard <laughs> in the intervening years. It was oddly lifeless, I have to say, last night's episode, um, in that the links were all sort of, you know, there were very few people crowding in at the background, oh, right. thumbs up to their mum. Mm. Um, and uh, but you can, I suppose you'll see as it runs through 1976 and hopefully on into the into uh, you know into the the future, you'll see how it got more and more excited, and they kind of uh, you mm. know develop ways of, of of making it more thrilling. You do see how all the audience run away when the camera appears because otherwise the camera's going to be quality yeah, over. being run over by a gigantic dolly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, the statutes of limitations are surely expired. You can tell us who was horrible at Top of the Pops. Who was horrible? Um, Come on, Janice. <laughs> you know, I, I really can't. Oh. Mm. I'm, I'm desperately trying to think. Yeah. Um, if I do think of somebody, I will tell you. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you who was really interesting and, and different, his whole approach to it wasn't like anybody else's, because when you were doing the rehearsals, obviously, uh, Michael Hurl or whoever yes. was, um, you know, directing, producing, they called the shots, not in Bowie's case. Oh. Bowie came in. Well, first of all, he came out of his uh, dressing room, which had two um, samurai... The, um, not samurai. Um, what do you call the, the stuff you do in Japan? The um, uh, what, ninjas, uh, uh, kabuki, um, oh, sumo, 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 samurai sumo. Two sumos um, standing outside the dressing room. Now, uh, television centre, you couldn't get in at all. You know, the yeah. security there was so high. But anyway, um, so and they stood up whenever I went because my dressing room was next door. I think they thought I was some kind of groupie trying to get in to see David. <laughs> um, but David, when he came into the studio, David Bowie, he told the cameras what he wanted them to do. Brilliant. And he was like, right, I want you to shoot me from there, I want you to zoom in here, zoom out there. And that was quite different. But I knew it was horrible. That's why the dame is the dame, though, isn't it? Because he, 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 he knows his stuff and he's a, a man of natural authority. Mm, yeah. What was he performing? Can't remember. God. Can't remember. So it would have been 80, let's... 87, what would he have been doing then? That'll be Never Let Me Down time, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He's probably yeah. doing... What were the singles off that? Oh, Dancing with know. the big boys. Or I don't. I, I know Glad's Dance, and I know Tin Machine, and I'm a bit stuck between uh-huh. the two. I was lost in enough it. deep. Day I was into Curiosity Kill the Cat then, Andrew. Don't tell the listeners. <laughs> he was nice, Ben Bell. Was he? An unpronounceable yeah. surname. <laughs> yes. Now, is this is this the BBC's sneaky way of getting Top of the Pops back? Is it a toe in the water to see if there's a residual interest there? Because surely it has to come back at some point in some form. What do we think? I just. I can't see how they'll bring Top of the Pops back with a format that isn't somehow related to the last format, which is, you know, the Fern Cotton, Reggie Yates kind of uh, 
school of presentation. I actually quite like Reggie Oates and the Chart yeah. Rundown. I've started listening to the charts again on Radio 1, He's which is right, quite weird. Right. Yeah, I like mm. him. Fun's a bit too enthusiastic about everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I could understand, you know, enthusiasm about pop music. You know, it's pop music is good and et cetera, et cetera. Is it but, still being franchised everywhere else? Well, I don't know that it is, you know, because there was that documentary on afterwards saying, and Top of the Pops is on in 88 countries, but yeah. that documentary was, I think, about 10 years old. Oh, that's right. really old, that. Yeah. keep dragging it out. No, yeah. it's, about, it's about 10 years old, that. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I mean, I think it's great that they're showing these archives and they've got enough to go to when? 2040. I think. <laughs> God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I did the, the last one was on the 6th of... It was 2006 in July, I think. I did the last one, mm. and Reggie did that, mm. and Rufus, yeah. and and that, and some of the the dinosaurs like Dave Lee Travis and Jimmy mm. Savile, and Mike Reed. Um, but I, th- I think times have changed. I, people saw some music. My kids, well, one's 23, is not a kid, but our Blue, who's 14, I don't think she'd sit down and watch Top of the Pops. I think she's too busy finding what she wants. Do you think it's a matter of there's other competition around rather than the thing itself? And also, we didn't have other things to do. Mm. When Top of the Pops was happening, really, people sat down as a family, I think, more to watch it. But this is is what makes the X Factor in Britain's Got Talent and all that stuff work. We will sit down and watch things as a family. We'll watch music as a family if there's a reason to be excited about it. What are you doing on Sunday nights? Well, this brings me to my next thing. I, I, let, who's, let's have a recipe to fix it from one or other others. I reckon they should do it on Sunday nights. Yeah. Um, you know, when scrap the X Factor on Sunday nights, or put it early or something, put the X Factor before yeah. charts. Because um, when you listen to the Radio 1 now, I don't know how many people are feeling um, phone in, but they still have phone-ins of people getting excited about what's going to be number one. Yeah. So-and-so from Berkshire thinks it's going to be this. So-and-so from, yeah. you know, Northumberland thinks it's going to be this. There's yeah. still that excitement. And I think young people still are excited about what's going to be number one. And the, the charts are exciting. Again, you've got... You know, things that climb up the charts now because of downloads. You've got Adele has been number one forever and then yeah. falling off number one and coming back to number one. It's Brian Adams is, all over again. But yeah. it's kind of things falling off and go, going down the charts yeah. and the back of the charts. I, I, the, the charts me. are intrinsically still exciting. Yeah, they are and still more exciting. now than they have been in about ten years. And they shouldn't mess with the format. They should just have the songs on. Mm. And, you know, maybe they can have a couple of words from, you know, Adele before and also people, people like her have got personality. Not to kind of, you know... I think you might be onto something there. I think would they, you do it for Sundays. an hour or half an hour? Oh, an hour would be good, wouldn't it? An hour would be good, especially if you do have those elements of Adele yeah. having a, a chat some people you don't want to hear from. Mm. Um, and also, also if you, I, I think if you look at the B, um, they've got Later, but yeah. they don't have a pop music. Yeah, Later's, Later's for word readers, isn't it? It's, yeah. like, it's for the, for the mums and the dads and, yeah. the, and the serious musers. Mm. But you want the kids to be mm. absolutely foaming at the mouth because, you know, Lady Gaga or Adele are going to be on it. Yeah, and the Justin kids watch Bieber. X Factor. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they've got that combination of these new, you know, popettes and they've, and they've also got Rihanna kind of writing you, about. A show that had Justin Bieber next to the vaccines or something. That's, that's what you want. <laughs> oh, you know. God. I think you're onto something about something like that. I think they should announce the chart live on the Ooh. show because then it will be as exciting as an X-Factor final. Mm. Yeah. Yes, you would, yeah. yeah. Would you have Radio 1 people doing it? Well, not necessarily. Uh, that, that's well, what it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, always... I think you should, because when it got a bit celebrified, I mean, they showed you Clarkson presenting the thing, and I'm not a, an aficionado of Clarkson. I thought it was death by celeb mm. in the old days. He'd bring back proper <laughs> DJs. There's a lot now, though, doesn't it, where they, just, they want celebs rather yeah. than... Yeah, and you don't know what programme you're watching, because, oh, mm. look, it's Clarkson, I'm watching a Again. documentary about Isambard Kingdom Brunel or Top <laughs> Gear or Top mm. of the Pops or whatever, you know. 
Well, we have a tweet here from, um, hang on a minute, from Frey Martinez, who says, there must be word subscribers from old bands who have been on Top of the Pops. Stand up and be counted. So if you listen to this and you were on Top of the Pops, um, let us know. And we also have, I can't find it now. Here we are. John Ellum says, should I let my seven-year-old daughter watch Top of the Pops to get her interested in music that I don't like or own or buy? Her mates might like it. It's a thought. Mm -hmm. Sit your children down and indoctrinate them. Basically rollers, they're probably like them. They're like the, well, the, like basic, the What really <laughs> struck me was that the basically rollers, you know, being the Westlife of their day, um, <laughs> you know, God bless them, they were not attractive men, the basically rollers. Yeah, but I think a lot of boy band members actually aren't that attractive. I don't think it matters as much. You know, my big boy band were New Kids on the Block. Yes. You know, not many of them were hit with a handsome stick, to be honest. No, <laughs> you, just, you just get caught up in the whole excitement of, here are these five bands who represent these different characteristics, and, we, and one of you each can have one. And yeah. um, you usually have one who's quite good-looking, but even Jordan from New Kids on the Block, no, he wasn't that good-looking, was mm. he? But, every, you, you know, Justin Bieber, yeah. you know, is cute in a very bland, glossy Chocolate way. Box way yeah. yeah. This is a junction in the Word podcast. It separates that bit... From this next bit. This week, well, end of last week, rather, um, we saw the astonishing Michael Jackson statue unveiled <laughs> by Mohammed Al-Fayed um, outside uh, Fulham FC, where he told um, assembled news media that if the fans didn't like it, they could go to hell. <laughs> also earlier this week, a statue to Kurt Cobain was unveiled in Seattle, and wisely, it's a statue not of Kurt Cobain, but, but of a guitar. Um, rock and roll statues... Liverpool has got its fair share of Beatles. There's John mm. Lennon leaning on the wall. There's a genuinely, shockingly weird Eleanor Rigby sat on a bench. And somebody and always leaves flowers and a, pan- a, a tin of beer for her every mm. day, don't they? That's what a depressed person needs, a tin of beer. <laughs> Who drinks that tin of beer? On a bench. You know, Eleanor Rigby was not a street-drinking alcoholic, was she? Or was she? No, she wasn't, was she? What does Father Mackenzie know? (laughs) (laughs) It's odd, isn't it? Because, you know, rock rock stars are heroes. Where are the statues? Why are we not erecting statues to our rock star heroes? I I was thinking about this. I I think it's weird when you actually know... Uh, the people. So Michael Jackson, we know what he's, you know, looked like. Because when it went these the historical people, we don't know. We don't know whether mm. it's good or bad. Mm. Uh, but in the case of that Michael Jackson, which I think is particularly bad, I, I couldn't stop laughing on the yes. yes. seven when I opened my newspaper and saw that because I, th- I thought it was some kind of something off a set or it was belonged to Disney and it looked yeah. as though it'd been somebody got you know and you paint it blue in that bit and then you paint <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a paint by numbers jacko yeah, yeah. Um, much like I, the real person <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I, the fans are they going to go mad about it they're not are they because he put so much dosh into I think Fulham. I think my, the Fulham fans I know um, will forgive Mohammed Fayed anything, anything at all. Anything at all. Yeah, so they, they, I mean, the unveiling of the statue seemed to be chiefly local media people trying mm. to get football fans to say it's bad, it's bad, it's really, really mm. bad. But very few of them were biting. Um, I, mean, I, I love sculpt. I do love yeah. sculpture, and I love the way cities dress themselves. You know, yeah. Birmingham's particularly good at that. Liverpool's got some mm. fantastic bits and pieces. But I think I prefer things that are a bit more abstract than. Yeah. I think maybe it's because we've, um, you know, seen these people moving me, yeah. around on screen. We've yeah. seen the record covers. We've seen we've seen the images in so many different ways already, which you haven't seen of, you know, a soldier from the 18th century no. or something like that. Um, also, I think because these statues generally aren't brilliant representations of the people, it just makes us think of Madame Tussauds and yeah. Ripley's well, Believe It or Not and things like that. When although, you see them, the John Lennon one, I remember when I saw it, so when I yeah. went to Liverpool for the first time, I was quite shocked how awful it was. And maybe because we hold people like him or Jimi Hendrix in Seattle. I've seen a a Mm. quite shocking Jimi Hendrix one in Seattle. (laughs) Um, 
you, know, you can understand why people want to make statues of them, of yeah. course, because they are mm. ordinary people who've done some, you know, taken mm. something to the world and done something really amazing and moved people and all this kind of stuff. But um, it just feels odd to see that cast in yeah. bronze or whatever. I don't know. Well, it's interesting, the, the, the idea of it being cast in bronze and the full-colour Jacko statue, yeah. which is, you know, painted um, to look like, as you is say, as close to the... Touch? Has he demanded that, do you think? I don't know, but... It's, uh, it's himself. It's, we should remember, of course, that is what's you know in classical times statues were painted. You know they weren't oh, really? all just in. Yeah, they you know uh, they they found traces of paint. You know they they wouldn't have blank eyes. They'd have you know skin colour and their clothes oh, would be called right, and all the rest. Of it. So actually, Muhammad Al Fayed is not the phony pharaoh in this case. <laughs> yeah. He's the authentic pharaoh because he's Cause done it old school. He's got that other statue, hasn't he? In um... one of Dai and Dodi. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with that one. No. I'll have to go and check it out. It's, uh, I think it's, it's on your way to the toilets, and they're kind of they're Huge, leaping isn't it? upwards with their yeah. arms embraced. It's really That's interesting, beautiful. all this stuff. I, I'm reading at the moment um, Simon Reynolds' new book, which mm. is called oh, yes. Retromania, um, mm. which is about our obsession with the past. Um, and it's really, it's, it's fantastic, it's really comprehensive because we're all these different eras. And he talks yeah. about, you know, our, the, the complicated things that go on when we want to put rock music in museums and how... Um, you know, music, pop music is supposed to be looking to the future. Um, yeah. But even kind of the music that looks to the future, like punk and even rave to some some way, is becoming part of that kind of... It's nostalgic. Nostal- yeah. Nostalgic world now. It's really interesting. But um, he... He, he, I, I'm sure there's a bit he talks about statues as well. I was trying to flick through it, trying to find it on the tube this morning. But well, um, I think we feel in, unnerved by statues because, you know, these people aren't supposed to represent the past. That we, we still have this idea of rock and roll being quite modern in its spirit, even though, yeah. you know, it's pretty old phenomenon now you know it's 55 years old well i heard um, stephen bailey on front row on radio force pointing out that the statuary you know monumental statuary died out basically at the end of, of the idea of a shared culture when well, mm. we could all agree that we all admired queen victoria um, we could happily put a statue up because nobody would disagree with it mm. but now we live in a divided culture and you can't even get an agreement on whether a statue of churchill should go up you know that was massively controversial right, yeah. um, have you seen those statues at Lime street station in liverpool of ken dodd and bessie yeah. braddock yes. and ken dodd it looks as though he's walking i mean the, for years they wanted a statue of yeah. ken dodd didn't they in the city and eventually he's got, got his tickling stick and he's got his tickling stick and it looks as though he's going oh you misses as he's walking towards mm. bessie braddock what a lovely day and, and she's coming towards him she's like Iconic, um, yeah. I think comedians do work though. The Eric Morecambe one in Morecambe is fantastic yeah. because he has, you know, he's doing yeah. his classic um, Morecambe and Wise kind of one foot he's in the his glasses to one side. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you can kind of put your arm around him and stuff like that, and it just it really works. But you could know, rock heroes aren't it's not funny. The same, yeah. There's not well, that same people. They are larger than life, aren't they? Yeah, they yeah, are. You would imagine that. I mean. It's very much a take-it-or-leave-it one, but the, the famous Freddie Mercury statue in Montreux, which appears yeah. on top of the We Will Rock You mm. theatre down in the Dominion Theatre, that one of him doing the Live Aid, you know, punching yeah. the air. I do like that one. Actually. It is over the top. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's uh, incredibly Camp Freddie, but it does work but, as yeah. a bit of sculpture. Who would you want a statue like... of? Pete well, Wiley. No. I'd like yeah. a statue. <laughs> yes. I would like a statue of Kraftwerk. <gasps> because oh, yes. they look like statues anyway. Anyway, yes. And I'd also like a statue of Chris Lowe from the Pet Shop Boys in Blackpool. <laughs> just because <laughs> yes. you can be able to tell that it was real. Or, <laughs> He'd or love that as well, wouldn't he? Who would you like, Janice? Oh, a Morrissey one, I think, would be. Actually, that's, yeah. that is plausible, I think. Outside the Salford Boys Club. Yes. Good, yeah, and he would have to be sort of covering his eyes or something or averting his gaze or yes. looking somehow yeah. unhappy. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Jude? Oh, I don't know. I have asked that question. I don't know. Somebody like... Um, I, th- I thought of Dusty Springfield, but she probably would have hated that. Um, mm. I love the idea of Pet Shop Boys. Well, I, 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 Chris Lowe, just in Blackpool, and you can get Neil up in there. Uh, 
you know, uh, that little place in, New- in Newcastle. Newcastle, near Newcastle. A giant yeah. Neil like the Angel of the North. Yes. With his Pope hat on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With his big kind of uh, cylindrical hat on, maybe. Well, if uh, if viewers would like Lighting to contribute up. to the, the appeal for the giant Neil Tennant uh, Angel of the North in Newcastle, then please <laughs> pay Palos at Word magazine. And <laughs> we'll see what we can raise. The Word Podcast. Two cocoa tins and a piece of string. Now, I mentioned earlier that Jude is wearing a rather beautiful um, orbital T-shirt here. This is on the occasion of um, she started a, quite a brilliant blog uh, called My Band T-shirt uh, with the great That's what it says in the tent. Ian Wadey Wade uh, address My Band T-shirt or all one word dot tumblr dot com, and it looks at a slice of pop music that gets ignored, which is the band T-shirt, yeah. the thing mm. we all love, the badge that's bigger than a one-inch badge. Mm. Um, Jude. Tell us why you started this blog. What's the romance of the band T-shirt? Well, I must say that um, I, this morning, when I realised we were going to talk about this, I did think about putting this T-shirt on, which feels very cynical, so sorry about that. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's warm. I needed to wear a T-shirt, and there it was. Um, yeah, Ian, Ian Wade, he was a friend of the word um, and a music writer, um, and I kind of uh, became friends over the internet, as you do, yes. in this day and age. And we were, uh, met and we were talking up about, you know, our love of various pop music. And he was wearing a band T-shirt, and I believe I was as well. We just started talking about band teachers and everyone has a story about every band teacher they have um it seems to me that you know especially when you get to my age like i'm in my early 30s now people of my age start to stop wearing band t-shirts in a way as if they're trying to cast aside their put aside um, childish things yes, yes put aside childish things exactly and um i kind of have gone the other way really i just wear more of them possibly because i you know worked a word for five years and you kept yeah. getting a ridiculous promotional uh, t-shirt yes. through the post the james yorkston woozy with cider t-shirt which me and rob used to wear every day <laughs> um there's a lot to be said for it's free and it fits. Yeah, but um, I kind of I do get kind of a, feel a bit self-conscious sometimes about writing very nostalgically about music. But I think that the one it seems lots of people have just clicked with this. They do what we want to do here, which is every couple of days we post a picture of a T-shirt in fairly normal surroundings, hanging in the back of a door on a bed or whatever, and then somebody just tells you their story about them in that T-shirt. And that could be absolutely anything. That could be, well, this T-shirt I'm wearing now, which is an Orbital T-shirt from um, the mid-1990s, Orbital being the fabulous uh, brotherly techno act. Yes. uh, That's a terrible description of the brotherly techno (laughs) act. The brotherhood of... Bleep. Yes. Well, kind of, I got this when I was 17, and I've written this the first entry on the website, um, but, and I'll, I'll leave you to read about it there, but in essence, um, a boy that I was friends with in um, sixth form <laughs> at the time, who wouldn't go out with me because he thought I was a swat, and I wouldn't go out with him because he was too, uh, he had long red hair, and I thought my mother would think he was terrifying. Um, got this T-shirt from the back pages of the Melody Maker, and it didn't fit him, and so... His, he gave it to me, and almost in that gesture was, you know, all these feelings caught up in it. And so, um, and I still have it, and yeah. we're still friends. And now he's not a rascal at all. He's married with two kids, and he's got uh, grey hair and a little beard. Um, back home, and he's a very upstanding gentleman. But every time I wear this T-shirt, I always think of where it came from. And um, we've had other T-shirts. Although we put a great one up today um, about a Take That T-shirt, which uh, two people have written. It's um, This T-shirt started off on... Uh, the back of um, well, this is by, uh, we've got, we're getting kind of um, friends of ours and yeah. members of the public, and you know a few people uh, you know who we know are journalists or writers or whatever. Um, but um, these are two friends, of mine Oliver and Rebecca, and Oliver had this take that T-shirt he used to wear clubbing when he was in university in Liverpool, 
in 1995 um, and then he drank a bit too much beer and got a bit too big for it so he passed it to my friend Rebecca <laughs> so she's written her entry of her memories that t-shirt and she still has it now so it's almost like how t-shirts pass along yeah. really it could actually go into generation and generation yeah my dad has been seen to wear an Apex twin t-shirt that just <gasps> ends up lying around the house yeah which looks good on the 70 year old former butcher but people still kind of they do get passed on in strange yeah. ways but we really don't want it to be a site that's about you know you know, ye olde rock law. Mm. Um, you know, we've got to take that T-shirt on. We've got a Commodore's T-shirt coming up. Ooh. We've uh, got um, a, a Larry Young T-shirt, uh, the the jazzer. Um, we've got all sorts of different things, and we're encouraging people to post. It's, it's just for fun. Um, we just thought it'd be something nice to do because I think yeah. a lot of music writing that really works kind of engages with our personal reaction with yeah. music well, but you know, it doesn't become too indulgent. Um, but I think because these are snapshots of different people's lives every yeah. couple of days, it's quite powerful, yeah, really. Yeah. That's the idea behind it. Anyway. Janice, are you big on the band T-shirts? Um, not particularly. Um, I mean, I, obviously, um, working in radio, and there was a time where every album that was released came with a T-shirt. So my yeah. dad still wears his Pale Fountains Brilliant. Um, T-shirt. And in the cockloft at home, I've still got, like, the cult T-shirts. Yeah. Um, I've got Smith's... Um, T-shirts, and my favourite is a tiny James T-shirt, you know, with the flower yeah. on. And um, it was when James were playing uh, Finsbury Park, I think it was. Yeah. And um, and Tim Booth signed it for our Fred, and I've kept that. Oh, it's cute so it's little, that little child cute size. Little one. Oh, you oh, just write about that for us. Yeah. It'd be brilliant. My, my brother Ian, who, who works at Mojo, uh, got a, a child size black grape T-shirt before he had any wow. kids, and then was able to put it on the kids yeah. when the kids the kids turned up. Yeah. Oh, um, brilliant. Yeah, no, there is Kids' t-shirts are good. Um, Elbow do baby grows now. Elbow oh. do baby grows? Yeah, when I, I, went, I went to see Elbow a couple of weeks ago in Cardiff, and, um, you know, I was thinking, is that, you know, Elbow is so warm and familiar and lovely, is that yeah. going a little bit too far? <laughs> but I thought uh, Elbow can get away with most things, actually. They can. Well, that brings me to a tweet from the redoubtable Archie Valparaiso. Yay! Well, we just step aside from t-shirts for a minute, who asks for uh, Jude and Janice, why do women love Guy, Guy Garvey so? Yes, he's a man. He's old man, and he has a way with words. But so is Les Dawson. Why do women... I like him. Yeah, I... Who doesn't love Les and Dawson? And he's a lovely way with a piano. Why do women love Guy Garvey? Janice, uh, I can say for hours. I, I, I found him before you know him doing his music. I found him very attractive when he was a barman in <laughs> oh, um, the boardwalk. No, in, not the boardwalk. In, in, yes, the yeah. place in Manchester. Because when I used to A and R, I'd go in, and he would always serve me with the beer. And at that point, I used to think. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but there's, I, I, he's just uh, there's something I can't put my finger on. There's it. a lesson there he about is... being nice to people on the way up, isn't there? Really, he's a lovely, when lovely man. He's a lovely man. He's so yes. charismatic, and um, he's intelligent and he's big. And there's something uh, his bigness is lovely. I think. I think men so... find it slightly odd because he's not, you know, a ripped and he toned does not, does man. Does not like Brad Pitt. He I looks a bit I'm like a good... Toned. No, I'm not I'm either. I don't like um, it. All the word men would be like, hooray. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You know, they always look as though they've got those fake pinnies on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Stuff. I, I tell you, a little bow tie like Frank. Yeah, well, I tell you why people like Guy Garvey. Um, I interviewed him, actually, about two months ago, like mm. most female music journalists in the country trying to find up excuses <laughs> to meet Guy Garvey. And um, I don't want to run off with him anymore because I met him now, so it's all fine. Yes. Um... Uh, I, I think Catelyn Moran described him as a sex bear on uh, Twitter, which I thought was kind <laughs> of right. That's right. He's, yeah. got, he's got a big bear-like quality. You could mm. take you could take him home to meet your mother, yes. and he'd be absolutely lovely. But he, you know, you'd still want to put his slippers under the bed if you get, get my drift. There's something, <laughs> there's something about him that's really lovely and familiar, but he's also a bit dirty. 
Mm. You hear that in his lyrics. Sorry, gentlemen, don't want to make you blush. But you could hear that in his lyrics. They're incredibly romantic. You know, the yeah. seldom seen kid. Yes. I don't know a woman who hasn't mm. heard Starlings on that album when he's singing about falling, you know, falling back in love with a woman and about wanting to marry her in an orange grove and all this stuff. Um, but a lot of the other songs, they've got this slyness and this cheek about them. And, and live, he completely does that as well. Mm. It's all, you know, all right, darling, all right, love. But yeah. it's not tainted with any nastiness or any weirdness. Yeah. He's lovely, and he gave me a massive bear hug when I kind of, at the beginning of that interview, and that's it, really. I'm thinking, well, you could have a good interview. There you yeah. go. Archie Valparaiso, your question answered. That's mm. what ladies love about Guy Garvey. <laughs> Back to T-shirts for two seconds. <laughs> my my uh, Auntie Doll taught... Uh, my, my, my cousin Jenny had an Inspiral Carpets cool oh, as fuck T-shirt. they were great, weren't they? And my Auntie Doll tore it to bits and used it as rags. Oh, no. You're not going out with that oh, on. No. Offensive was... band T-shirts. Is it possible to have that anymore? Because now that we've seen everything, you know, if, if people went round in a spiral shock, in a cool as fuck well, t-shirt. I saw a teenager with a swear word on it. I still kind of go, oh, a bit. There's a girl in my sixth one called Nikki who yeah. was kind of really hard, and she had um, it was a therapy t-shirt that had fuck on the front I can't remember there was some kind of therapy yeah. logo and she was told to go home from sixth form. I should bloody hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> but that was the time when there were, there were quite a lot of t-shirts with swear words on around that time. I remember time. I ran to see a friend and the door being answered by his mother who was a small 50 year old Jewish woman mm. who'd borrowed one of her son's t-shirts and it read NME suck dick. <laughs> <laughs> It's a thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I digress slightly, but I was um, uh, interviewing Steve Mason oh, um, yeah. last night, and uh, he was saying that he was into adamant when he was about eight, yeah. and he got these adamant patches that he sewed all over his jacket, or his mum did, mm. until she saw the word sex on one of them, and she blacked it out with a felt tip pen. Oh, really? <laughs> Quite right, too. I had a Betty Boo poster covering one of my Welsh exercise book when I was in Comprehensive, and uh, my teacher saw that on one of the love hearts it said... Um, uh, suck me off. Blimey. She, she told me, you must replace it. I was like, Betty Boo. And I was like, oh, yes. But that was, that was printed in, the, in Smash Hits. Good Lord. And I hadn't noticed it because I was 12. I didn't know what that Where's meant. Where's Ellen and the Hepworth <laughs> to account for themselves? Well, this is a podcast complete with swearing and so on. Yeah. My, my favourite band T-shirt. I've got an ABC World Tour T-shirt oh. from 1982, which you might write up for your thing. Yeah. God knows if it still fits me. Is that the le- Lexicon of Love Tour? Yeah, Lexicon of Love Tour. They played Side Leisure Centre. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Transformed my life. And I've got um, I've got a... An England New Order World in Motion shirt from the World Cup in 1990, which I bought in the style of the day in a larger size than I should have. <laughs> and it's now swimming on me, but I think bit by bit I'm filling out <laughs> to fit the thing. I don't like the ones that have all the tour dates on the back. No. no. They're a bit naff, aren't they? No. You want a bit of wit and, and, yes, and wisdom. Yes, exactly, humour. Or... I've got a great one from um, Cafe Press, an unofficial one, unofficial Morrissey T-shirt, and it just says Crashing Ball on the front. <laughs> which is... And what, you're going to have one made about meat? And to do, um, oh, what was the one that was to a Morrissey gig? We did have a plan about wearing a T-shirt offering Morrissey meat or something, does not Well, there's a, uh, Fraser has a marvellous T-shirt that says Meat is Murder, Tasty, Tasty Murder. Yes, that's it, that's mm. it. My, my <laughs> brother used to wear his Smith's Meat is Murder T-shirt in the butcher's shop, and it didn't reach <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's enough about T-shirts. Let's catch up on the royal wedding. Jude, you're getting married on the day of the royal wedding. I am. Your wedding is the real wedding of the it's year. three weeks today. How are the plans going? Very good. Um, Dan's wedding turned up this morning. Oh, that's nice. That was, I actually, my, my best friend has just come back from Australia, um... Because she's one of my bridesmaids. Which, her coming back, it's like, oh my God, it's happening now. And then the ring turning up, I basically just go ah! around the house for about five minutes, you know, because it's suddenly becoming very real. Even though Dan and I have been together for about 3,000 years. Is it church or registry? Registry office in London, uh-huh. five miles away from Westminster. So hopefully we're out of the way of the yeah. roadblocks. Um, 
And yeah, it's kind of thinking about um, you know what music we're going to have. What, we yes, talk about this word. I've talked about yeah. this podcast before, actually choosing uh, music for weddings. We're just getting friends to DJ. Um, but um, I think at weddings, you know, I don't want to divulge in case Dan listens to this podcast. <laughs> um, and he tells me off for revealing even more details about our wedding in the public mm. uh, domain. Um, but um, there's, there's a few songs that uh, just mean a lot to us, really. There's one song we might be using at some point which will make people smile, which uh, I, I can't say anymore. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's all very exciting. Are you doing... the, main, the main important thing is, you know, we've sorted the food. Oh, right. <laughs> so, you know, we're on pork belly and it's brilliant. Fantastic. Are you are. doing all that your first dance stuff? Oh, yeah, not that Dan typically wants to. He'll probably look at his feet and have a little... Is smile. that top secret, or are you able to share it with the... Um, the no, I, no. It was, it's not a very well-known song. Not right. supposed to be obscure, it's just something that means... It's voodoo people by the prodigy, isn't it? It is voodoo people, it's fire starter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but um, because, um, you know, I, when I first found out about it, I was obviously just... We were both spitting, spitting chips, as my mother would say. But, um, you know, as a journalist, I've just been basically pimping it out for cash. So I've written several pieces about the wedding. I've written a big piece for a women's magazine. Yep. That's come out this month. And I'm, I'm doing a diary for The Guardian about it. Fantastic. But, you know, I was going to pay the pace for, you know... Absolutely. For a frock. You're probably going to do better out of this Fine. than Kate Middleton. <laughs> and my, you know, I've got to... I'm sure they'll have a lovely day, the Royals, but, uh, oh, Dan will hate me for saying that. Dan's actually joined Republic. Has he? <laughs> yes, he has, because he's so angered by the whole the whole. Uh, or that thing. they pinched your day. Yeah, he did. Because you, you chose the day first, didn't you? How yeah, dare Yeah, it's my know? birthday. Mm. So, um, and Dan's uh, grandparents got married on his on his mother's side, got married on his grandmother's birthday. Right. And they've, they've not been around now for quite a while, and he just thought it was a yeah. sweet idea. And I thought it was very romantic of him. So I didn't want to spend every birthday for the rest yeah. of my life cursing... Uh, you know, the heir to the throne and his uh, yeah. commoner wife. <laughs> She's so common, isn't she? She's yeah. so common. I'm ready for the common people. <laughs> yes. No, but um, it should be good. And the fact that everybody gets the day off is, you know, a bit yep. of a bonus, really. There you go. Well, so we are. Commemorative tea towels all round. Exactly, with a picture of you and Dan on it. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> oh, I think that's a podcast, isn't it? Janice, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Is this better than real radio? This is, I love this room. <laughs> Can you, can you describe really to the listeners it. the room, please? Well, I'm in somebody's walk-in wardrobe, I think. Is that, what's that, a surfboard? It's yeah. a surfboard. Um, <laughs> and Loads of clothes. And all kinds of mad hats and check sh- It's great. It's, it's the so Mixed Mag fashion cupboard right. um, containing um, hats, a bit of gold lame, some shoes, a bit of tartan. You might be able to find something here you could use at your wedding. Yeah. Oh, I should take a dress. <laughs> the bear over there. <laughs> it is a little bit like the shop at the back of Mr Ben. Yes. So if you go through the door over there, Janice, you, you may find yourself a Barbary pirate or something like that. Okay. <laughs> I'm off. So that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. If you've been affected by any of the issues in this podcast, go to wordmagazine.co.uk or apply at your newsagent. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 